This week on the Canadian Tech Podcast, Bell launches a new prepaid wireless provider brand. Kitchener goes all in on IoT. You can now get your cell phone unlocked for free. And we chat with the folks at Touch Bistro. That's all next and more on the Canadian Tech Podcast. The Canadian Tech Podcast is sponsored by Olio Digital Labs. Olio are the planners, designers, and developers of the apps used by some of Canada's biggest brands. Find out what Olio can do for you at oleodigitallabs.com. And we're also sponsored by CodeShip, continuous integration and delivery software that lets you ship your apps with confidence. Both CodeShip Basic and CodeShip Pro come with a free plan that grants 100 builds per month on limited projects and unlimited users. Visit CodeShip.com today to find out which CodeShip product is right for you. Welcome to the Canadian Tech Podcast, episode 142 for Sunday, December the 3rd, 2017, sponsored by Oleo Digital Labs and CodeShip. My name is Stuart Clark. And my name is Derek Silva. Well, Derek, can you believe it? We are already in into December. Can someone please tell me what happened to the rest of 2017? Man, I cut my grass today. It does not feel yeah. like December. So, yeah, it is. I know because my birthday is in 16 days. Um, but it certainly does not feel like September or December every see exactly it's it feels so unlike December I'm it calling does. it September and so much so that I don't think I ever had a single birthday uh where there wasn't you know what a meter worth of snow on the ground <laughs> and yet it's December 3rd and I'm cutting my grass I know well I so, also know a good I also know a good friend of ours Mike Marsman he went out golfing today I saw that yeah, yeah he not was, he not what player. I would do with a nice day in December, personally. But you know, well, I don't play own. golf. You know what? You know why they call it golf, don't you? Because all the other four-letter words were taken. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. So you know, part part of the thing is, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if if some restaurants, if they could, would open up their patios. And speaking of speaking of restaurants, that nicely segues. We have some uh, guests here tonight from a restaurant point of sale app called TouchBistro.com. And Derek, why don't you go ahead and introduce them? Sure. So we have Saiba. I didn't ask about your last name. Segu. Is that right? You got it. Great. Uh, she's a market development representative at Touch Bistro. And we also have aha, uh-huh, an easier name, Alexandra Tucky. She's the uh, a software specialist consultant at Touch Bistro. Welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank yeah. you for having Thank us. You for having us. Okay, yeah, no, we really appreciate it. We always love uh, hearing about uh, Canadian companies and uh, things like that. So as I said, uh, you can reach their site at touch, touchbistro.com. And I'm sure unless you've been under a rock lately, you, you notice a lot of times now uh, the old style cash registers and that in the restaurants have been replaced by touchpads. And some people use uh, tablets now and things like that. And running a restaurant is very you know it's like one of those things like like everything else you specialize in running the restaurant but then there's that darn technology and all that behind it so why don't why don't one of you briefly describe about touch bistro what's it about and a, a brief history of the company awesome um so touch bistro is an ipad point of sale that um has been up and running for the last seven years um, so essentially, I guess the best analogy I can really give is that it's like an insole for your shoe. Um, so the shoe being the restaurant, the insole being the point of sale. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes walking a lot easier in a long-term setting. So, you know, giving more transparency for the business owners um, and really giving them the tools in their arsenal to make better business decisions. So decisions, so it benefits everyone in the long run. Very cool. And you, you mentioned, uh, yeah, people, uh, you, you know, it's an iPad point of sale thing. So I also looked at your, uh, at your awesome website and you've got, you've got quite the uh, large clientele base all over the place, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, and then all sorts of other little products, you know, any, everything we were mentioning before uh, we went on air that like one of the things is things like uh, to help business owners, uh, basically things like th- things like um, reports and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, yeah. Is there any, any particular highlights that is kind of really when you're when you're selling your system to these these restaurateurs and not all of them are, let's say, technology enabled. Some are technology challenged, mm-hmm. as in any in, in industry. Is, is there anything is there anything that really makes them say, wow, when they see it? This is right up Alex's alley. Alex? <laughs> so, um, I think the biggest wow factor is how we can increase their efficiency and help them also increase revenue. So actually bringing the iPads to the table mm-hmm. and showing them how easy it could be to um, quickly input the orders, um, sending them to the kitchen without even having to leave the floor at all. Um, mm. You know, just really increasing the efficiency and then also using the technology and leveraging it at the table to upsell. Well, that's a good idea. So uh, like if... Exactly. Yep. So, so I guess an example would be if someone's ordering, let's say, a beef or a lamb, a lamb dish. If there's some particular wine that really goes well with it, that sort of idea. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay. Um, so I'm I, I, again. Either of you can answer this. We have some kind of general general uh, questions we'd like to ask people. Um, what keeps you coming into work? Like, what is what is what what gets you excited and gets you actually ac- actually in in there? For sure. So. Uh, for me personally, this is this is my first job after completing my undergrad. So I was fortunate enough to find a company that is in its growth phase and where I have the ability to be as tenacious as I want to be. So trying different things and really testing it out in uh, in full and being able to help other teams. Um, with my successes and sort of work together collaboratively as a whole team. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because of the product and how it's emerging so much, it's it's so it's amazing to be surrounded by a team that's so dedicated to their job um, and is always so willing to help out. Um, so it's really comes down to you know the growth of the company as a whole that is amazing to see, as well as the people. Um, so that is, you know, that's what keeps me thinking about it all the time. Very cool. Alex, do you have uh, uh, some similar thoughts? My thoughts are the exact same. Um, I just love how the, the culture, right? We're all encouraged to bring innovative ideas to the table and, you know, we're given the tools to be able to execute those ideas. Um, and it, it's just great, right? The company's growing so quickly and it's great to be a part of that growth. Awesome. Derek, do you have a question? I do. So uh, I have a tiny bit of experience with some restaurant mm-hmm. POS systems. Uh, the one I see a lot is well, actually, I won't. I won't give them any press. So it starts with an M. Uh, it ends with a D. 
<laughs> if you pay any attention to the restaurants you go to, you've probably seen the logo I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, like, how does how does Touch Bistro compare to some of the more traditional or older older systems out there? What really sets Touch Bistro apart in your minds? It really comes down to the user interface. So because the software has been designed, you know, with the iOS platform, like the, mm-hmm. the developer team at Touch Bistro works with Apple's team directly. Oh, okay. um, yeah, so it, uh, the Apple gestures are incorporated into the software. So ease of use um, is one of the biggest differentiating factors. So if I want to train a staff member, and obviously restaurant owners deal with high staff turnover all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't have to spend hours and hours um, with training them. If they have a smartphone, the likelihood that they're going to pick up the software within, let's say, half an hour, under an hour, a fraction of the time that it normally would with a traditional legacy system um, is highly likely. Cool. Do you have anything mm-hmm. to add, uh, Alexandra? I would um, definitely agree with that. Ease of use. Uh, a lot of my clients will, you know, they're in awe when they look at our reporting. You can select specifically what you want to see in your reports, and it's they're really easy to digest, especially our cloud reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of uh, clients who are using more of like a legacy traditional system are like just like baffled. They're like, oh my God, usually at the end of the day with my system, I get this huge report with lots of numbers. It's difficult to decipher. Um, just difficult to read and understand. So ease of use, definitely. Cool. Um, One thing, I don't know who was behind it uh, at the time, but certainly over the last few years, uh, I've seen a few systems where you walk into a sushi restaurant. It's probably Mm -hmm. my best example because the menu in any sushi restaurant can get really daunting (laughs) really quickly Mm -hmm. because they can make (laughs) so many different things out of, 10 different ingredients, right? Um, and so the first few iPad ordering apps uh, I used actually seemed to detract from the experience because it, it I spent way more time, um, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure out what I wanted and, and trying to fumble my way through the ordering process, you know, and when I consider myself a fairly tech-savvy person, that was really frustrating. How, mm-hmm. how does Touch Bistro avoid uh you know that sort of thing happening is it is it very much a uh, a server driven thing so that the the servers explaining things or is is the ipad app or is the ipad actually left behind for a little bit so people can look at the menu and therefore you're making sure the menu is actually designed in such a way that it's just it's super amazing and it, and it's you know really intuitive so with the the way that it that wow I can't talk <laughs> the table side ordering works um, so it's it's left in the server's hands so okay. you know if I'm a server at a restaurant bring the t- iPad to the table you know even just the simplest of things like not so that I'm holding it up to my face the entire time that I'm interacting with the uh, guest there um, I can have it on a simple sleeve stand or um, case so that I just pull it up like a watch and input the order right away so it gets sent okay. out to the kitchen. So it doesn't detract from that that uh, dining experience for the guest. Right. Um, so it's not, I mean, it really is up to um, 
the restaurant owner to decide how they want that experience to be. I mean, they don't necessarily have to have table side ordering per se, but they can have the iPad stationed near the, um, near the actual seating area. Um, but I mean, if you're taking it table side, you can use it as a picture book to showcase the actual menu items mm-hmm. um, so that you can get a visual of, of what exactly you're, you're going to get. Cool. Mm. Interesting. Because um, the other thing I was noticing is, again, part of the other, other products. And I know mm. it's something here in London and people are talking about, but you even have a solution for food trucks. We do. Yeah. How, how is, do you find that segment of the market is growing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Do you want Alex, do you want to expand on that? Uh yeah, definitely in, in Toronto. And the beauty of um Touch Bistro and us being Apple based is that the tablets are small and they're easy, simple, sleek. So a lot of food trucks do like our solution. Right, right. Yeah, I was seeing that. Yeah, yeah. And that's the part of the part of the thing now, less of the pen and paper and, and things like that. Okay, Derek, do you have any other questions? Um, I don't think so. I just, I, I don't know if either of you uh, are involved in the content marketing side, but I found, I just noticed in the footer that <laughs> part of your content marketing strategy seems to be actually uh, giving people uh, a ton of information on how to actually start a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering if you know how successful that's been in terms of even just attracting existing restaurants, you know, uh, because you're showcasing some some uh, expertise, or if you know if that's actually brought brought some folks in who are like, hey, I want to start a restaurant. Thanks so much for the info, and you know, obviously as a result, I'm going to sign up with with uh, Touch Bistro as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the restaurant success library has, like, in my role in particular, uh, with qualifying leads. Mm-hmm. Um, so those inquiring about touch bistro or, you know, me doing my own self prospecting, that is something that really adds a lot of validation and credibility to what I am saying. Um, so it gives them a good visual as to here's X, Y, and Z restaurant that's currently using touch bistro. And this is how they're able to, you know, make their lives a lot easier with the software right. or it, it's not directly like by touch bistro it's more of a consultative approach that here are options available like touch bistro might not be the right one but Mm -hmm. you know here's something to think about food for thought if you will no pun intended that was good i like that (laughs) i think you that that should be an intendable pun that was was awesome that was awesome yeah no it's really good um But yeah, no, it's nice. Like I said, it's nice to see a made in Canada uh, solution here. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we say, it's at touchbistro.com. Um, and we really appreciate you joining us tonight. And as I said, we're going to be uh, talking about some other some other stories here. And we'd love to hear some of your insight. Um, just before we go, is there anything else you want to just uh, close on to talk e- either of you about to say about uh, about Touch Bistro? Yeah, I wanted to touch on uh, if anyone's interested in our product, we do have a promotional code where you can get, um, you know, a discount on our services. So it's C-A-N-T-E-C-H-2-0. Okay. Yeah, there's already a link in the show notes. If anyone wants to use that. 
Awesome. And as Derek said, we have put a link in the show notes and we'll make sure we also, when we uh, publish the episode in our various social media channels, we'll make, we'll make mention of that. So, yeah, so why yeah, pay $69 you know, a month when you could be paying maybe 64 or less? Click on the yeah, link, use knows? that, exactly. save yourself some cash, put that back in the restaurant. Buy a new light if, fixture. I don't know. <laughs> or, 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 or if you're setting up, you know, in, in, in the local area to Derek and I, invite us in, invite us in for a meal. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We'll talk, we like about, to eat. Exactly. we'll talk about the tech in your restaurant on the podcast. There you go. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, hey, that might be a nice, a nice new gig, Derek. Give us a meal, a couple of beers, you know. Here comes the London Restaurant Podcast. No, yeah, there you go. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so let's let's get right into our 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 quick hits here. Uh, Derek, you want you start off? I I don't think we're going to quite need 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 the popcorn on this first. Story. I'm going to try and avoid it. Okay, okay. So Bell Mobility Wireless, whatever you want to call it you know, uh, obviously a subsidiary of BCE, they are getting back into the prepaid wireless carrier business. Uh, they used to have a brand called Solo Mobile. I don't know if they actually started or bought that brand, but regardless, I remember that being a thing. Um, they own Virgin Mobile as well, and they are getting back into to that ring with Lucky Mobile, or mobile if you prefer. So Lucky <laughs> Mobile's plans don't require a credit check or a long-term contract. That's cool. Uh, mm-hmm. You can sign up for a month at a time, paid for in advance, obviously. There will be uh, service passes, so which are 3 or $5 add-ons um, in, uh, in replacement of pay-per-use rates in some cases. And they're really going... They feel like they can really go after... Um, uh, immigrants, basically, Pe- people who are new to Canada, need a cell phone, don't have a credit score. I'll mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit later when, if my in my uh, things you've been up to lately uh, section, uh, or you know can't commit to a contract because who knows if I'm going to get a work visa or what have you. So uh, you know it's that that aspect's pretty cool. Um, you're only going to have three G equivalent speed, so that's three megabits per second, even though you're going to be using the four G network. So the cost or you know the uh, that comes at a price not having the contract and all that plans will start at twenty dollars a month and go up to 50 depending on your usage exactly okay oh and uh and minister of i said navdeep baines also s- expressed support for lucky mobile in a tweet I'll just leave that yeah at that. yeah that's 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 kind of interesting uh, Google has released the list of most popular apps, games, and books on Google Play for 2017. The top apps in Canada include Photo Editor, Face App, QuickBooks Self-Employed. Wow, we're business-like. Uh, what the <laughs> Forecast. I'm guessing that's a weather app. And Lego Life. Top games in Canada for 2017. Super Mario Run, Snake vs. Block, Bubble Witch 3 Saga, Pokemon Duel, and Balls <laughs> with a Z. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I'm too old for those, so. Top books uh, for the year. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F Word by Mark Manson. (laughs) The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. She's a Canadian author. That's cool. It by Stephen King. The Dark Tower by Stephen King. And Behind Closed Doors by B.A. Paris. Have not heard of the Mm -hmm. last one. We should. We should probably. We'll probably see one from Apple soon, a similar list. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. That'll be coming up real soon if it hasn't already. Uh, speaking of Apple, they've opened registration for for free Hour of Code sessions that are going to be run at all Canadian Apple stores from December 4th. That's tomorrow until the 10th. It's a week-long event. It coincides with the Computer Science Education Week and offers kids under 12 with basic coding lessons uh, in the Swift Play... Oh, sorry. Well, those kids above 12 years old will use the Swift Playgrounds iPad app to learn what else? Swift. There's also going to be a there's also going to be a teacher Tuesday session that will help educators learn how to teach to code uh, and obviously learn to code themselves. There's a link in the story to actually go sign up if you want to. The city of Kitchener, Ontario, formerly known as Berlin. I don't know why I threw that in. Just kind of felt like it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He does that once in a while. Yeah, just because. Hey, who? How many people don't know that Kitchener used to be called Berlin until the end of World War One? I, I believe. And then they're like, World War One. This yeah. is a bad Let's idea. This is a Let's bad ask idea. our guest. Did, 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 did either of you know about that? Yes, I Not did. See, oh. one did, our one guess. didn't. Okay, so I taught <laughs> okay. somebody something today. Yes, I only know that because I went to school in Waterloo. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, there you go. <clears throat> All right. But the we, city we, you we, just we, we won't. We won't hold that against you. Waterloo, where you just kind of end up in it if you keep driving north. Um, Yes. (laughs) So the Digital Kitchener Innovation Lab is going to leverage Kitchener's existing IoT network, and they are opening up a municipal innovation lab at Communitech, of course, uh, specifically focused on Internet of Things, IoT. The intention behind this is to take complex service challenges out of City Hall, Thank goodness for that. Into a more mm-hmm. disruptive environment like Communitech. Um, Mayor Barry Verbanovich said that the lab is going to be an example of our vision in action. Uh, earlier this year, council approved a vision for a digital kitchener. And the lab is one example of how they're going to pursue new technologies and partnerships to connect citizens in ways never imagined before. And so, uh, so, so, sorry. so Derek, I gotta, yeah. I gotta ask you a question because you, you know, for those who don't know, Derek is a municipal councillor yeah. for Middlesex Centre, if I recall. Correct. So, so how come Middlesex Centre isn't leading the way with something like this? So we don't have any sensors because, and especially for things like street lights. Well, okay, we right. have sensors. We have water valves, which okay, I'm actually, pr- which I'm pretty sure are actually digital. Uh, and you have a traffic know, light. Ah, none of the traffic lights belong to us. They're all they all belong to the county. Okay, just checking. <laughs> They're only on county roads. <laughs> um, uh, the water mains. Uh, we're we're getting more digital. Uh, our right. our you know current municipal engineer is a year older than me. We went to high school together. Oh, that's uh, cool. He's a pretty forward looking guy, and he's definitely dragging um, the government into the twenty first century in well, a lot of ways. You know so. what? That's good because we need we need the same thing here in London, and I was I was winding you up. So no, that's fine. It's we well a we can't afford to we don't and and b we don't have a lot of this infrastructure. You know we have no. water mains, we have traffic, we have street lights, we have waste containers, of course, like some of the examples laid out here in the article. But uh, yeah, a lot of the yeah, water mains you know are really old. So yeah. you know maybe maybe Brian wants to put sensors on them as they're redone. I don't know. But you know what? This is all. This is all an excellent idea, and absolutely, and municipalities should be should be paying attention. Maybe even maybe even Toronto. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about that as well. I mean, it's curious to see, like you know, if if 
uh, city or more metropolis areas like Toronto would observe a strategy like this and maybe look to input it in the near future, you know, given which way it swings in the KW region. Well, mm-hmm. I think that's I, I think that's part of where Sidewalk Labs comes in and redeveloping mm-hmm. or developing that whole harbor front area um, exactly. to to actually get an entire section of the city all wired up, all censored up and figure out, okay, what does work? What doesn't mm-hmm. work? And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this is really Sidewalk Labs' first actual project anywhere. Uh, so yeah. it's great that Toronto got it and will give every, you know everybody a ton of information about <laughs> which sensors work in minus 20 weather and which ones don't <laughs> and which it's ones can get challenge. covered with snow and salt and dirt and which ones can't. Uh, or, you know, how you beef those up if they do get covered in salt and dirt. So yeah, I exactly. think that's a really good ex- uh, uh, test case, especially on the yeah. water there. Well, it's better than putting $200,000 towards a rubber duck. Hey, hey, well, that brought like a million dollars in tourism dollars to yeah. Toronto. So actually, that's a yeah. 5x return. As we much actually as support, I, we actually supported the rubber, rubber duck. We do support oh, the rubber really? duck. I, In hindsight, yeah. I had to get behind it. Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Okay, and speaking of hindsight, Google, I think, wishes it had more. It, it had more foresight instead of hindsight. You are just all over the segways tonight. Google's Pixel 2 XL has not had a good launch. Uh, blue screen issues, burn-in issues, uh, et cetera, and so on. Similar to the iPhone X, they've also been having some screen-related issues. Um There's also been some QC problems and a speaker buzz. Some that didn't have Android installed on them. Wow. Uh, and and now, uh, now an issue that's causing the Pixel 2 to randomly reboot. Thanks, Bob and Enzo. <laughs> um, so apparently Google has a plan to fix that, that last one, the reboot issue, in the coming weeks. That'll be a software patch. Uh, it'll come with Pix- the Pixel 2's, well, Android's monthly security update um, since that's seems to be the way they're fixing a lot of issues when and when you control the whole ecosystem you can do that yeah but now that always doesn't work well as we'll talk about in a little while yeah true so uh this affects pixel 2 and pixel 2 xl according to a bunch of forum threads um apparently you know our google has been trying to fix a lot of these issues as quickly as possible some i think are more hardware related not a ton you can do about that except replace the device but they are working on it so if you've got this randomly reboot or random reboot issue on the pixel 2 google's on it uh, i bet you that fix will be coming in the next week considering yeah. uh, the time frame all right and that does it for my quick hits all right and then speaking of another hit let's talk about a word from our good friends at oleo digital labs Everywhere we go, they're within an arm's reach. They make us more productive, help us stay connected, and even entertain us. And every day they're helping organizations across Canada build a better tomorrow. At Oleo Digital Labs, we are the planners, the designers, the builders of the custom web and mobile applications that are enabling small and medium-sized organizations across southwestern Ontario, empowering some of Canada's largest brands. Large or small, organizations across Canada count on our focused development process to produce affordable, scalable mobile applications that can help fuel their futures. So whether developing a rock-solid e-commerce platform for an ambitious small market, developing a complex system integration for a national enterprise, or helping an organization of any size navigate application design and user experience, accessibility, and security compliance, 
We are your complete web and mobile production team. We are the experts to plan, design, build, and maintain your project. Find out what Oleo Digital Labs can do for you by giving us a call or visiting us on the web at oleodigitallabs.com. Oleo Digital Labs, code that powers every day. And we'd like to thank Oleo Digital Labs for their continued support of the Canadian Tech Podcast. All right, let's get into our stories. Um, our first one tonight is, and we've covered this story before, um, the CRTC uh, quite a few months ago basically did a bunch of changes to the wireless code. And one of the main ones which got a lot of people's attention was they were banning the unlocking fee, uh, which is currently uh, $50 at Rogers Bell and TELUS. And uh, I know some other companies, Freedom Mobile, labeled it toxic revenue. Um, so on June 15th, they revised that and they said by December by December 1st, there was going to be no more carrier locked phones. And they also said customers who unlock devices, uh, they're going to be entitled to free unlocking upon request on that date. And all newly purchased devices from that date on have to be sold on, on, on unlocked. Now, we did we did cover about uh, a little bit of how about some of these companies were trying to delay delay some segments of this. Now, I've noticed, because, uh, again, I've got a couple of locked Rogers phones I'd like to get unlocked. <laughs> and I've noticed uh, Rogers is, Rogers is going to make that available. And I believe the other companies are, are as well. So, um the only things is uh, devices have to be, at least in Rogers' cases, directly purchased from Rogers. So if I have a Telus phone, I can't go to Rogers saying, can you please un- unlock this? Makes sense. Sure. Um, and um, basically, they've got a fairly, a, a fairly good page here where it talks about a lot of the times they can do that for you without you having to go into a store. Um, I'm actually, when I get some time in the next month or so, I'd like to try this because I've got a an older iPhone 5 I'd like to give to my mom to replace her very old phone. Um, but currently she's on the TELUS network and is fairly happy with that. So we need to get it on, on, uh, unlocked. Uh, Derek, what do you think? I think I'm heading to Bell soon <laughs> <laughs> to unlock my phone. Just, just cause not, just cause. not that I'm, I mean, if, you know, if I, if I leave now, I have to pay the early termination fee because I'm on a yeah. two year contract. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not excited about that part. So I'm not going to go out and, and switch, um, wireless plans this week. Although, Hey, maybe there's a really good deal on that would make it worth it. But anyway, um, you know, I'll probably wait till this time next year. Then I'll only have like a couple months left on mm-hmm. my, uh, on my contract. So this time next year, it might actually make sense to yeah, I'm take kind my of Google same. Pixel and, uh, and, leave um and go no and i go think this is me. great jean-pierre blay the former chairman of the crtc who we grew to love and adore over the last couple of years um mm-hmm. he uh, he said you know his only regret was that he should have done it sooner i agree right. <laughs> yeah. but certainly better late than never i got another 50 60 years left on my life so i get to enjoy this for a while and uh i, I i'm great it's i'm grateful uh, that the CRTC did make this decision and, uh, you know, basically let me do what I want with the device I've either paid outright for or, yeah, I'm still paying for because it's a subsidized, subsidized thing, but Bell's going to get their money. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's my oh, device. Oh, no matter what they so, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, uh, and I'm going to turn to our guests. Any any comments on this one? Are you run out and unlock your unlock your devices tomorrow? Um, I, same boat as you guys. I mean, about time. It, it, it's nice to actually be able to, you know, use your phone when you are in a different country or, or you know, want to use an old phone. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, about time. <laughs> <laughs> do you, this is, that's Saiba, right? Yes. Do you do a lot of traveling? So like, it, are, are you constantly swapping out Sims and that sort of thing over, overseas? Um, not myself as much, but like I do have family members that do it quite a bit. And it's just this constant inconvenience that mm-hmm. comes up um, where, you know, you can't use your phone in another country because you have to get it unlocked and it's just this entire headache. Yeah, actually, sorry, real quick, this would have been great a year ago or a year and a bit ago when I went to Portugal instead of buying (laughs) a a 20-euro or actually maybe 15, it was cheap, like a 20-euro Alcatel tiny phone, um, I could have just... I just could have brought my phone. Well, I had my phone on me anyway, but I could have actually bought a SIM on Vodafone yep. and just use that in case of emergency. I didn't make a ton of calls yeah. or, or text messages, but man, going back to T9 texting was not easy. <laughs> Alexandra, what about you? Yeah, I think that's awesome. I just moved in uh, with my boyfriend and I'm on a Rogers plan and I'm I'm paying a lot for it and you know, my contract is ending. Uh-huh. soon so this could come in handy i'm very yeah. excited <laughs> is is awesome. your boyfriend also on rogers or is he on a different carrier no, he's on bell he's on bell so you probably look to merge at this point then and go to like a sharing pl- a shared plan yeah yeah cool there you cool. go so this will save you some money and you don't have to worry about spending an extra hundred uh, extra fifty dollars extra hundred dollars if you both decide to leave and go to telus or something like that and uh so yeah you just save 50 to 100 bucks in this in this CRTC decision. See, thank you, CRTC. You're literally saving people money. Okay, let's move on. Um, Our good friends at Apple now, um, I I do the podcast on a PC, but I do love my my six-year-old MacBook. Um, Both our guests tonight are using MacBooks. Derek, you're using yours, right? I sure am. Right, I have my iPhone. Uh, A lot of people have it. Well, Apple didn't really have a good week from a QA perspective, uh, did they, Derek? No, <laughs> no, they didn't. So, what a, a research, a security researcher at Twitter, I think. Um, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Or tweeted it. So out. he found an issue where, um, if you don't have a password set on the root account, trying to get into or trying to you know uh, allow software to do something weird, which. Uh, Apple will often prompt you on in Mac OS to, to enter your password again. You could put in username root, no password, and just keep trying five or six times to, to get through, and it would inevitably let you let you in. And and oh. so you've you're literally logged in as the root account, which is normally not possible on, on Mac OS to my knowledge. And you know, potentially you've allowed uh, highly malicious software to run amok uh, in mm-hmm. your device. So they fixed that less than 24 hours later. Um, and and apparently, it was, so this was only on macOS High Sierra, which is the latest version. Mm-hmm. And this was like a, we're just going to patch it. You don't need to reboot or anything thing that happened, which I thought was a little weird. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then that added other, is- well, sorry. So they fixed that. And then the next normal patch, I think, mm-hmm. reintroduced yep. the issue. Exactly. 
because they didn't tell people to reboot, apparently. And there was also some issues for it also uh, broke file, file sharing for some users. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, really, I'm really wondering if we're going to see a job posting at Apple for VP of QA. Which you think soon. they would have, considering they have GarageBand, iTunes, macOS, iOS, all the internal first-party apps in both operating systems, mm-hmm. Final Cut, like... They build a lot of software. And I think they yet, have it down working now. I know. It's just well I, 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 yeah. for me it's just like take your time. Like this you don't need to get we don't need to get a new stupidly named version of Mac OS every year. Like it yeah. it's Maverick, Sierra, High Sierra. My marketing team assures me this is fully baked. Ha ha ha. Great, good for you, Craig Federighi. But like, just hold back a little bit if you have to. Lord knows you guys have held back in tons of other areas. What's well, another week or two of te- of QA testing really going to exactly. hurt? Exactly. And but we've also noticed similar issues with iOS 11 for their mobile platform. Yeah. So for, what's going uh, on know. here? Because I, I haven't I haven't installed the latest oh, version. Well, neither have I. But again, still a lot of people are reporting. Uh, there's some overheating issues, some touchscreen problems. Mm-hmm. Um, Update issues in general, crashing at twelve fifteen a.m. Crashing at twelve fifteen a.m. That's a that's a that's a to- 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 totally weird one. Um, Alexander, you're you're a software specialist. Have you have you encountered any of this yet, or any of your colleagues? I have not actually. Um, good for you. Surprisingly, yeah, I've been really lucky. Okay. Those issues, to be honest. But 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 again, in the software side, you you think they'd do some more testing, wouldn't you? think so yeah exactly oh i know i i haven't put myself or my wife's phone over yet just because of these these issues but yeah you really you really wonder what's going on there in that in that division if there's you know because usually they put out some quality stuff but you know you know there's going to be some high level meetings and okay people going listen we need to do it right so the verge has a bullet list of the of of this this week in apple Mac OS High Sierra critical flaw with the root admin access. Cool. Yep. Um, a High Sierra update released, but it breaks file sharing. iOS 11 crashing on some iPhones due to a date bug, time bug, etc. Mac OS High Sierra fix not installing correctly on some systems. Oh, that's great. And then 11, iOS 11.2 was released early to fix the iPhone crash bug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just you know I, again I just they're they're doing stuff that we used to laugh at Microsoft ten or twelve ten or twelve years ago for yeah. doing, and it's just you know the more complex these things are and 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 again I, I you know I suppose that you know I, I, again how do how do you got how do um in terms of uh you know because again you you guys are at a company that's uh, you know your hardware runs, your application runs mm-hmm. on this hardware. Um, how do you handle in terms of, you know, if you've got a client or something saying, Oh, I'm hearing this, you know, should I be updating? Should I be updating all my iPads? If it's going to, if it's going to do that, like that's actually a good question. How do you, how do you handle again, the, te- the customers who are not as tech savvy, but they're hearing this, this bad, bad press from Apple. Mm-hmm. So when we onboard customers, one of the things that we are like the team is very diligent on doing is providing all customers with professional training services. So, you know, for the person who's like the least tech savvy to the most tech savvy, 
there's one-on-one training time for them so that they're able to understand how the software works Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, iOS updates, you know, the, the software runs in conjunction with the iOS updates as well. And, you know, it's constantly up updated because it is a SaaS model. Um, and you know, for those customers that do have a bit of difficulty, we have a 24 seven tech line for them as well. Um, where we have, you know, all the staff is trained and has restaurant experience, um, so that they're able to, it's not like we're outsourcing it to anyone. It's, it's all done in house. So everyone has experience with touch bistro a and B they have experience in the restaurant industry as well. And I can see, yeah, you know, and that, that is definitely important because there's nothing like, you know, especially with these other different industries, you need to be in it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we all as techies, we may say we know this stuff, but unless you're in it, you really need that. So, and I've seen you, exactly. I've seen you mention that on, on the website a few times and I, I can see there, there'd be quite a, quite a bit of confidence there. So, so yeah, let's, let's hope Apple, uh, hopefully has a better week next week because uh, <laughs> i say after this week i i'm sh- i'm sure there was some drinking going on by by by, by friday night <laughs> hey yeah guaranteed second, uh, yeah uh speaking of a company that probably had had a lot of stressed out people drinking uh equifax uh they had that massive breach um, and you remember a couple of, oh, a couple of months ago, maybe a month or two ago, they said, oh, there was only 8,000 8, 8, uh, Canadians affected by this, by this data breach. And I, I basically said right there on the podcast, I said BS. I'm sure it's going to be higher. Um, and yep, I was right. They obviously, they obviously were listening to me for once. They decided, you know, to come out and apparently now 19,000. So that's basically just just, just over double. Yeah. Um, and uh, apparently uh, they're saying the reason why was because they were saying, well, the 8,000 was their personal information, but it wasn't able to talk about how many credit cards were affected. Oh, so wow. accord, according to the AP statement, uh, 11,760 Canadian credit cards have been compromised. So that information contains name addresses, Credit or debit card numbers, expiry dates, and most alarmingly, social insurance numbers. Um, yeah, that's not good. Is that's not good at all. So they're saying right now, 145.5 million U.S. customers are affected, and 400,000 customers in the U.K. Uh, there's obviously two investigations already, Canada and the U.S. I believe England's doing one as well, and uh, there's already a couple of class action lawsuits in, in Canada already. Um, I haven't seen any email about mine being affected, so hopefully I'm lucky and hopefully everyone else here, because I'm sure we all know it's an absolute pain in the you-know-what if your credit card or your debit card gets compromised and you have to change everything. Uh, Eric, any comments? Uh, well, I wouldn't look for email. I'd look for snail mail. You, well, yeah, mail, yeah. Right? Like Equifax, I don't... Well, unless they go no. to my bank and says, hey, uh, RBC, um, we messed up and <laughs> we need to get a hold of Derek. Do you have an email address? Um, and in that case, yeah, go ahead, give it to them because, well, it's mm-hmm. an email address. But yeah, I would suspect um, it'll be snail mail, Canada Post, uh, where you get notified of this. So in the meantime... Keep an eye on your credit cards. Uh, <laughs> you know, get a new one if you can. Just, um, but why well, no? Don't don't do that yet because if something happens, you know, Visa, Mastercard, Amex, they're going to cover it. Yeah, they're going to. Um, 
But uh, getting a new sin is not easy. <laughs> no, no, and that's the part that's really, and that's the part where you know identity theft happens. Yeah. So, that's, so you know, this that's, is not this is not good. No, for, this is at good. all for nineteen, roughly nineteen. Well, I guess what is it? Uh, nineteen thousand. Yeah, nineteen thousand seven hundred and sixty. Yeah, roughly um, folks in total. So, yeah, Saiba, Alexandra, anything to add? Um, that's very unfortunate. Um, <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> that's putting it nicely. Um, so says yeah. the marketing person. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a good no, way to put it's, it. It's so awful. I, honestly, um, you know, not that, well, this is a bit of a side note, but I honestly like recently actually had text messages sent to me from a banking company that I don't even, that I'm not affiliated with saying that there was, you know, uh, fraudulent activity on my account, Yeah, which is quite odd because they sent me a, like a hyperlink of mm-hmm. um, a link to sign in and give my banking info. Oh, and yeah, definitely don't it do that. looked exactly. Yeah. So it looked identical to the home page, like the landing page of said bank. Um, so I called them like, okay, what's going on? I don't bank with you guys. What's going on? There's, I don't have anything affiliated with you. So mm-hmm. that that's something I've come across the first time. And I had actually received multiple text messages from different numbers, yeah. which is very, very suspicious. And they're probably um, all 416 or 647 area code. Like 702 even. Oh yeah. There, they'll, 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 yeah. they'll, there, there will be a, a bunch of different ones. All right, we're going to move on to our last story of, of the evening, uh, Interact and NanoPay. talked about Interact before, but they're actually partnering to offer international money transfers. Um, you know, I don't know about you, Derek, but every time I hear the term international money transfers, I know Western Union's a big leader in that. But I also, you know, you also hear about, it seems like a lot of internet scams are done during using uh, Western Union money transfer. So this sounds like it's going to be something, uh, again, it's Interact. It's a made in Canada solution. Yeah. Sounds like it's going to be something. Yep. And so is NanoPay. Um, It's going to be something that hopefully sounds like it's going to be a little bit more secure and on the up and up, what do you think? You're you're more in, you're you're more into digital payments and stuff like that than I ever am. Yeah. So let, let's dig in here a little bit. So um, Interact has their e-transfer platform, which I use every week to pay my daycare provider because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's much easier than writing checks. And I'm lucky enough to be on an RBC checking account plan that provides free Interact e-transfers. It used to be only nice. the first two per month, which means I had to pay for the second two. And now it's all free, which is awesome. Um, and NanoPay, we've talked about before. They bought that technology from the Canadian Mint, the the Mint chip uh, tech. And they've been trying to, de- to develop that into uh, a solution. I remember they launched uh, something in Liberty Village earlier this year or last year. I think that was, oh gosh, that was already a year and a half ago. I ran into them at the, the DX3 conference in, right. uh, in Etobicoke. And... Um, yeah, so uh, Interact e-transfer going very, very well, uh, growing f- uh, 50% year over year, $63 billion now um, wow. in, in 2016. So hmm. uh, as they're going forward, the um, if you wanted to do things inter- internationally, yes, you had to use Western Union, as you mentioned. Um, but if Interact can keep 
uh, they can keep all the fees and the processes within their own system. That opens the door for lots of outside banks and companies to work with Interact, which ultimately benefits the big five banks because they all own it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. India is a really good choice, they feel, for this first iteration on the e- on the international version because there are a lot of Indians, uh, you know, in- Indian folks who have moved to Canada, sending money back home. India yep. is the second most populous country in the world. So if you want to send money, um, all you have to do exactly. now is actually use the Interact system to transfer to an eligible Indian bank account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Sorry, I was seeing. I also see. You know, they're hoping uh, more, more, more countries, including the U.S. and U.K. Because I know my mom would love that. She, yeah, sure. She still gets a bit of a British pension, and you know, it's a little oh, bit of a okay. pain right now to transfer it over. So yeah, yeah. So the what's different is that the beneficiary of the funds has to give a little bit more information on the Indian side in this case to comply with the law over there. Uh, NanoPay's part in this is going to be introducing the service to as many financial institutions as possible across the country. And uh, as the service becomes more widespread, NanoPay and Interact hope that they'll be able to get to more countries, like you mentioned. So I think this is really, really cool. I think this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've got situations where, I, I, well, I'm on the I'm on the same end of things in terms of being on the Canada side where we're trying to send money to family in Portugal sometimes for birthday presents or um, usually birthday presents, Christmas presents, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, instead we're buying some euros at the bank and <laughs> hoping it gets there or... Uh, <laughs> Or we just wait for my parents to go because they've been going pretty much every year lately and be like, yeah, I'll just send it with my parents. You'll get your birthday present in a couple months, um, which is obviously not terribly convenient because you're literally waiting waiting for somebody to make a $1,000 trip in order to send 50 euros. Um, so this is great. I, I'm, I've been looking forward to something like this happening for a while. Like we ch- or not we transfer. TransferWise is really cool and a bunch of other startups like that. But... Um, mm-hmm. You know, having Interact and NanoPay in the game, yeah. uh, I think, like it says here, uh, who wrote this? As Max Greenwood wrote, I'm already really familiar with Interact eTransfer. That, this, so that's perfect. So um, what I don't know at this point is what information I need to get. So is it just, is, if it's st- still just email and, uh, uh, you know, it's up to my cousin Bruno or whatever to enter in a little bit more information on his bank side of things. Uh, what is it? Bank Nouveau, New Bank, I think he's at. Um, uh, Cool. I'm sure he's happy to do that. Um, What I do need, though, is the vice versa, because I bought (laughs) something for his daughter, uh, like a costume that they wanted for her birthday party. I bought it here, and I mailed it over there. They got it, but in return, he owed me like 60 bucks. And so my dad's like, oh, I'll just give you the 60 bucks. I'll get it when I go again. <laughs> I'll get it back go. from him. So Aren't now my cousin cool... Bruno owes my, owes my dad $60. Aren't you the cool family member? I try. Rain check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rain check. Rain check for six months from now. How about that? Yeah, that's all right. Um, Saiba, other... uh, Alex, do yeah. you, either of you have a use case for this? Uh, 
I think it, you know, just the way the world is going, it makes perfect sense. I mean, mm-hmm. we're all so much more connected than we were like even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many situations where, you know, I've seen like my family sending money to India. Like it's been a hassle sometimes just because, you know, it's not as easy to do it through, you know, what the prior like what other uh, platforms there were before but you know having more introductions to you know a a brand like a company like interact which is more trusted it makes it a little easier to do something like that excellent yeah i think it's uh it's really cool especially you know with uh, how many immigrants we have in canada it's it just makes things so much easier like you said to send money back home um, I'm Ukrainian and I've seen my grandmother struggle with this same type of thing, right? Like when are other relatives going back to Ukraine or like her friends, mm-hmm. how am I going to send it, check or actual money? Yeah. Um, so this definitely helps a lot. It's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I at this point, like just recently, I'll be, I was thinking to myself, man, it'd be really nice if at least one of my cousins over there would just figure out Bitcoin. Or or Litecoin <laughs> or Ether. I don't care. Pick a pick a cryptocurrency. And you can send me you can send me the money that way or vice versa. But uh, in in the absence of trying to teach my Portuguese family all about blockchain technology in Portuguese, because I'm not sure I'd be able to do that at this point. Um, this is a nice intermediary if or you know uh, yeah intermediary if it expands to Portugal soon. You might as well mail it in the meantime if you're trying to teach everyone, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I got I got to start putting together some Portuguese instructional videos on blockchain and Bitcoin. Little just, tutorials, start yeah. a YouTube channel. Yeah, you I'll go. write it just, in English. I'll translate it and then start recording. And, and I have the title: How to Keep the Parents and the Grandparents Happy. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Do not piss off your grandmothers. I'm that. sure all of you have experienced that at one point. Yeah, it's not <laughs> not fun. a good look. Not no. a good look. No, no, no. They've <laughs> they've they've done it all and seen it all. Don't mess with them. Nope. All right, all right. So those are all our stories that are fit to print or display or whatever we call it. Um, now we have our little segment called "Stuff We Like," and I have this. I saw this story this week um, about uh, you know we, we want to you know we we talk about our throwaway technology and stuff like that. Well, NASA's Voyager probes they've been uh, they've been out there since uh, since before I think all three of you were born. I was around. <laughs> I remember these. I'm old. Um, so yeah, 1977. They've been uh, they've been out. They were uh, launched from Earth, and in this case, uh, these particular backup thrusters on Voyager One they haven't been used since 1980. Um, but they're hoping to again extend the life of the probe. It's still doing doing some science out there. Um, so they're actually uh, did this test. They used these backup thrusters, and uh, apparently it worked really well. Um, now again, you, you you can imagine the QA obviously for this is a little bit a little bit more intense than Apple uh, because you've got <laughs> basically a uh, delay time. We're talking like hours and hours. I think it's like twenty three hours right now until they know it until they know it would work or not. Uh, because that's how far away these probes are. So, yeah, just, again, neat science. I remember when I was a kid, um, I remember when when these probes took pictures of Jupiter and Saturn and went onto the outer planets and all that, and it's it's just kind of neat to see where you've got machines that probably have, like, four four to eight K of memory 
kilobytes, not <laughs> megabytes or gigabytes like you kids have now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just very, very cool. So I, I, I like this story. And they're hoping that they're going to get another two or three more years out of both both probes. So Sweet. very cool. Derek, what have you got this week? I've got Bloom. Bloom. So we talked about Equifax earlier, and we talked mm-hmm. about, well, it doesn't really have to do with sending money to, to family. But um, Bloom is a blockchain-based startup. Uh, full disclosure, I invested like 50 bucks in Bloom, maybe not even. <laughs> so <laughs> I do have a stake in whether this works out or not, but I think it's really, really cool, and that's why I've, I've invested my money in it. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, they're trying to replace Equifax. Uh, we talked earlier about, where was it? Oh, we talked earlier about Bell and Lucky Mobile, and they're not going to do credit checks because they're trying to target this at new Canadians. Uh-huh. So part of the issue worldwide is that if you do move to a new country, Saiba's ancestors experienced this, my ancestors, Alex's too, and yours, Stuart. So yep, we're, all, we're well. all immigrants. Beautiful. So, um, <laughs> or family, you know, descendants of immigrants, because I was born here. Um all of our family members at some point in the past moved to a new country and had to rebuild their lives. Compounding the issue is that if you were living in a time when you had credit scores and established credit and credit card and all that, that counted for nothing, right? You you come from China, you come from India, you come from Portugal, Ukraine, Scotland, doesn't matter. You come here, all of that stuff's left behind. Bloom is trying to partially solve that so you establish a credit in another country and your bloom score you can actually take it with you and so instead of worrying about establishing your your equifax score or transunion or experian uh your bloom score can actually follow you to a new country because you are uh you have a federated identity that you can actually use across other blockchain cryptocurrency you know uh, uh platforms that are all in this case ethereum based these are all this is an erc20 token called the bloom token and uh and there's also going to be a peer-to-peer lending um aspect of the platform and also institutional lenders as well so no matter what if you need credit and you're trying to establish credit and and you're and you are the type of person who likes to globe hop or what have you Bloom is trying to make your life a lot easier for you. And, and for a bunch of reasons, I, f- I feel like it's really, really cool. The ICO is happening right now. So if you want to own some Bloom tokens, you can have at it. There's a link in the show notes to uh, to check it out, get started. You know, it, it, there are lots of instructions on the website. And uh, the ICO goes until the end of the month. Bloom tokens are distributed January 1st. So... Uh, yeah, and they've got a ton of other uh, cryptocurrency or, or blockchain-based um, lender or lending platforms already signed up as partners, and they're working on uh, on getting some institutional folks, like actual banks, on board as well. So, um, very cool. I think it's going to go places. All right. Um, do either of you two have anything you're you've discovered in the last little while, and you want to talk about? Um, I actually came across this article today. Day. So it was in um, it was in the Entrepreneur, and um, pretty much you know designers out. This is mainly from what I had gathered from the article that I read, mainly out in California right now. But in the textile industry and in the fashion industry, really looking into the environmental impact of the production costs and um, you know how the materials are produced and how much 
you know, water and energy really goes into extracting those resources and the impacts of it globally, not just domestically. Um, and so looking into hybrid materials that are more sustainable um, and economical um, and they have a longer life cycle in terms of giving back to the community um, as well. And, you know, there's um, a lot of designers that have been able to gather quite a significant amount of seed funding in order to pursue this even further um, to create, you know, a fashion line that is not only, you know, reputable in the industry and, you know, takes an artistic direction, but, you know, from an environmental standpoint is sustainable in the long run um, so that they're able to, you know, pivot the strategy on the technology behind the actual materials itself. Interesting. You'll have mm-hmm. to uh, you'll 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 have to include that on the uh, notes there under the stuff we like in our show page, Please. so we can sure. share that. So we can share that. Alex, do you have anything interesting you've picked up in the next in the last little while? Yeah, I'm something that's really interested, um, like piqued my interest recently, is automated cars, um, and how you know just Canada trying to keep up with the technology and just how much like huge potential there is with the technology, right? Just increasing efficiency on the roads um, and then how it's going to change our day-to-day lives. And then, you know, also shift employment. Um, So I'm really interested and I've been reading a lot about it and how it's going to, yeah, change, you know, Canada and how it's going to affect all of us. Excellent. Yeah, no, we've, we've actually covered quite a bit of, uh, you know, autonomous driving and, and smart cars and all that here on the show. So it fits mm-hmm. in, it fits in very well. Yeah. We got, uh, you know, just, just, uh, between London and Toronto where you guys are, uh, Stratford mm-hmm. seems to be becoming quite the autonomous car center now. Yeah. Some As, of the various major players. Exactly. Especially with the, the university of Waterloo's contribution to yes. their self-driving car. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very interesting thing. Okay. So what have uh, your host been up to lately? Well, I had another business. Maybe we should talk Sorry. about coach ship first. Oh goodness me. How could I forget our good friends? <laughs> that was terrible. That's terrible. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about our good friends at coach ship. Good. Because Maybe Saiba and Alexandra don't know, but CodeShip is a SaaS-delivered continuous integration and delivery solution that lets you ship your apps with so much confidence. So much confidence as if you've got a Touch Bistro-powered <laughs> iPad in your hand when you're serving Excellent. some super fancy folks who could give you a massive tip at the end of the night. Awesome. So going back to CodeShip, you can choose between CodeShip Basic or CodeShip Pro. The basic version is a simple testing and deployment service with pre-installed CI dependencies that works right out of the box, making the average setup time less than three minutes. Or you can try the pro version. CodeShip Pro is a fully customizable CI and delivery service. It has native Docker support. It is much easier to use than Jenkins or Travis. You can easily test and deploy your microservices. You can push any registry. It's perfect if you want to deploy with Kubernetes. And it comes with a convenient local command line tool that allows you to run your builds locally, encrypt your environment variables, and guarantees 100% parity between your development and production environments. Eureka, I've got it. Apple needs to become a huge enterprise customer of CodeShip tomorrow. There you go. 
Anyway, uh, Coach at Basic and Pro both come with a free plan that grants 100 builds per month, unlimited projects, and unlimited users. Open source project projects are always free on CodeShip, so go to CodeShip.com or check out CodeShip.com slash features to find out which CodeShip product is the best fit for you. Obviously, it should be Pro for Apple, and they should be paying thousands of dollars every month, and we should get 100 of that. We should at least, <laughs> definitely. And, of course, we'd like to thank our good friends at CodeShip for their ongoing support of the Canadian Tech Podcast. So, um, yeah, very busy week for me. I started my seasonal work at, at the liquor store. And before anyone asks, I do not get a staff discount. Bastard. Let me just remind you all, I'm sorry. Yes, so I, lame. That is so lame. I got, a wa- I got a discount working at Walmart, and you don't, know. You can't get a I discount. I can't imagine. But you know what? We, <laughs> we, we, we do get free tastings. So oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, so there enough. we go. I get to try all the fancy schmancy new new things. All the stuff the kids are into these days, I guess. Um, and my good and my good single malt scotch. But, you know, that's fine. Um, and I'm also starting a new contract gig at the Schulich School of Medicine at Western University here in London, Ontario. So helping to do support there. So if someone's on a Mac and their update screws up, I should be able to help them. <laughs> They're you lucky to have you. should come work for Touch Bistro. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> are you saying that you have some tech challenge people there? You're not saying, are you? No, There's always room for improvement. There we go. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's something I enjoy doing. Uh, yeah, Christmas season's starting. I've been helping some people uh, with their backup strategy with my other side, side gig, Clark Consulting. So, yeah, getting ready for the holidays. It's going to be a very busy December. Um, and then, but of course it doesn't compare what I do doesn't compare to Derek. Cause like Derek, I swear he somehow, <laughs> somehow bends time with all the stuff he's got on the go. Derek, what did you do this week? I just don't sleep. Um, don't. so full-time job pumping out proposals at Olio, obviously. Uh, I think Chelsea and I are going to put together some Christmas stuff this week to send out to customers. Pardon I want to see the funny, I, I, I hope we get a funny Christmas video. Nope. it's not gonna happen not this year maybe next year um that student pathways challenge i talked about last week it's Mm -hmm. wrapped up thank goodness um not not that i didn't enjoy doing it but of course wednesday thursday right before the deadline just a flurry of people who hadn't bothered trying to actually upload their stuff the first time wait wait derek derek you mean you mean students (laughs) wait until the absolute last minute yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I did too. Much. I was absolutely yeah, guilty here. of this in college. But, uh, you know, I figure when you're trying to win a contest and maybe this turns into a business because it's that no. good. I don't no. I don't remember if there's money on the line or not. <laughs> uh, there was a pitch night. So like the top three, four, ten, whatever, out of 24 submissions happened, which Ryerson was very happy with. Apparently the MOE thought there were going to be more. Oh, well. Ryerson was really happy, and they're, they're actually the ones paying the bill. So I'm yeah. happy too. Um, yeah, it went really, really well. Uh, so that was that was cool. I was up until midnight. Well, I was up until almost one on Thursday night. Ooh, because I forgot to put something in here. Um, I had to. So that's done. Put to bed for now. I got got them exports that they can download the, so they can download the code, and uh, and of course there's web pages for all of these running. Uh, we had a council meeting Wednesday, talked about the 2018 capital budget, super exciting stuff. 
<laughs> sorry, I didn't bring my sound effects with the crickets this time. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. If I had a wah, 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 yeah, I exactly. would play that, but uh, I don't think I do. I have laughing people, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. That's okay. Um, That happened uh, also Thursday night. Well, so was it Tuesday? We were having some really weird internet issues. Um, then the wireless networks would just disappear, both 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. Just disappear mm-hmm. for a minute oh, and yeah, then we come back home, for right? like 10 minutes. Yeah, it would come back for 10 minutes and then disappear for a minute and come back for 10 minutes. And I was like, this is getting really annoying. I have to work really hard Thursday night and, you know, be connected to a bunch of servers. And I can't tolerate this, especially when we use the internet for everything. Netflix, uh, you know, mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. everything. So I went out and bought myself a new wireless router. I took the wire cutters um recommendation and got the netgear nighthawk r7000p which is the latest version of the r7000 and uh so far so good one thing i really like is i set up uh i think it's like a load balancing type thing so i only have one ssid for Mm -hmm. both networks and it just picks for me for each device which network to use so that's really cool uh, so I don't have to manage two different SSIDs and two different passcodes anymore or passwords. Uh, so that's nice. I invested in the Bloom ICO, as I mentioned. I uh, was all over their Slack, helping people out, helping out with the like with instructions on the wallet I use to submit the Ether and view the custom mm-hmm. token and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to stop mining Zcash because I'm certain it's not worth it, but it's been fun to say, yeah, I mine some sort of yep. cryptocurrency. Instead, I've switched over to this thing, this thing called storage, which is basically um, a distributed cloud computing system. In this case, it's storage. And uh, so my Linux server now, I'm sharing 500 gigabytes worth of space. Uh, people are actually using uh, a couple of gigs. And for every gigabyte that other people use to store their stuff on the blockchain on my device, I get paid. I get money. So um, I figured this is a much easier, (laughs) much cheaper way to earn a little coin, literally. Um, What could go wrong? Somebody could put child porn on there, but it's encrypted, so I won't know. All right. (laughs) That's that's what could possibly go wrong. That's that's where I was coming (laughs) from. All right. Not we'll the, lose, I'm certainly lose. not advocating for that. I really hope it doesn't happen. But yeah, for the 15 I won't know anyway. He's kidding. <laughs> I won't know anyway because it's encrypted and, right, and everything else. Right. <laughs> uh, last but not least, <laughs> um, I uh, we got a Dell XPS 13 2 in 1 from Dell. And yeah. it's really cool. Uh, so I've been messing around with it. I used it all day yesterday. Oh, I used it all day yesterday at the Ladies Learning Code workshop I mentored at. <laughs> awesome, good, good for you. Well, that's that's that that's because your your domestic boss is heavily involved with that. Yes, and yes. Uh, and so, you're being and you're being a good partner. Well, it was it was well. I can take the boys to this thing, and or I, Derek, could take the boys to this thing that Kathleen had, had a much more vested interest in, and make sure I got it right for her. Or I could just right. send her, <laughs> make sure she got what she wanted, and I go do the tech thing that I'm more skilled at anyway. So really, everybody ended up where they should be, like in their Excellent. most appropriate role. 
and um and it was a lot of fun it was about jquery so uh we had a good group of ladies come out good mentors uh a gentleman who just moved to london a little while ago and i finally got to meet for the first time and um, awesome because i met him online a while ago (laughs) there you go hey and uh, that's how i met that's how i met my wife now there you go so uh yeah it was a busy week i didn't realize it was that busy yeah, you were busy. I was signed some of your tweets and that. Again, you don't sleep. No. All right, we're gonna wrap we're gonna wrap this up because we all gotta sleep and we all gotta go to work on Monday. Yes, we imagine do. that. So don't it. yes, so uh uh don't forget to review us on iTunes, Google Play, tune in Spreaker, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeart.com, or wherever else you get your podcast. We have a Twitter we have a Twitter account, we have a Facebook account, like, share. All that, all that good stuff. Um, if you want to leave us a review, that would be absolutely awesome, particularly on, on iTunes. That seems to be the most important one. We really appreciate that. Or you can also send us an email at contact at canadianpodcast.ca and let us know uh, comments, suggestions, um, what other crazy, wacky ideas Derek, Derek should, uh, should, should get into. Well, my next might... thing is saving up for an, a Radeon RX 550 because apparently it hits a really good sweet spot between power consumption and hashing power. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> I rest my case. Okay, we also want to thank our guests tonight, Sahiba, Saiba, Alexa- I'm sorry, and Alexandra for uh, from Tech Bistro for joining us tonight, ladies. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having us. And uh, yeah, yep, just uh, awesome. I really, like I said, I worked in restaurants years ago, so I'm quite fascinated with this. So I'll be, uh, I'll be following your journey or the company's journey there. So for the Canadian Tech Podcast for Sunday, December the 3rd, 2017, my name is Stuart Clark. My name is Derek Root Silva. My name is Saiba Segu. My name is Alexander Tukey. Thank you and be well. <laughs>